0: Welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, it has been a few weeks since we posted a new episode of Crossview radio and I'm glad to be back. We uh, were on a family vacation for a couple weeks. And I had it uh, kind of planned out that I'd post some things uh, while I was gone, and then I kind of struggled to catch up, and hence the absence, I think I, I missed three weeks maybe, of, uh, of podcast. But I am excited to be back with you and talk today about a topic that's been in the news the past couple of days. Uh, this past Sunday, David Platt had the opportunity to pray for President Donald Trump, and um, in a letter, uh, and he's, by the way, is pastor of McLean Bible Church, uh, and many of you will be familiar with his name. In a letter on the church's website, dated June second, two 2019, Platt writes that at the end of his sermon for their 1 p.m. service, he was pulled aside and told... That the president would be at his church in a matter of minutes and wanted Platt to pray for him. So he had no idea that this was happening until the last uh, few minutes, I'm guessing, for security reasons. Um but Platt then describes how he and another pastor at the church had an opportunity to share the gospel with President Trump backstage, and so taking this from his letter, he writes this, quote, "...while I won't go into the details of our conversation backstage, one of our other pastors and I spoke the gospel in a way that I pray was clear, forthright, and compassionate." End quote. Following that gospel presentation, they come out on stage and praise for Trump, and I'm just going to play that uh, entire uh, prayer-slash-conversation right here, so let's take a listen to that.
1: We have a unique opportunity today as a church. Um, We just talked about how what unites us in this room is not our ethnicity, not our background, and not our politics— What unites us in this room is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the word of God that tells us, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. We have, in this city, a unique opportunity to pray for leaders who are part of this church and leaders who stop in unexpectedly to this church. And so... We, we, count it, we count it an honor to be able to pray for any leader in any position, any leader from any party, including our current president. So I want to invite us to do what First Timothy chapter 2 says to do. Many of you may have seen that there was a call to particularly on this Sunday, pray for our president. We don't want to do that just on this Sunday, we want to do that continually, day in and day out. So I want to ask us to bow our heads together now and pray for our president. Oh God, we praise you as the one universal king over all. You are our leader and our Lord and we worship you. There is one God and one savior, and it's you, and your name is Jesus, and we exalt you, Jesus. And we know, we need your mercy. We need your grace. We need your help. We need your wisdom in our country. And so we stand right now on behalf of our president, and we pray for your grace and your mercy and your wisdom upon him. God, we pray that he would know how much you love him, so much that you have sent Jesus to die for his sins, our sins. So we pray that he would look to you, that he would trust in you, that he would lean on you, that he would govern you, and make decisions in ways that are good for justice, and good for righteousness, and good for equity, every good path. Lord, we pray, we pray that you would give him all the grace he needs to govern in ways that we just saw in First Timothy chapter two that lead to peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. God, we pray for your blessing in that way upon his family. We pray that you would give them strength. We pray that you would give them clarity, wisdom, wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Please, oh God, give him wisdom and help him to lead our country alongside other leaders. We pray today for leaders in Congress. We pray for leaders in courts. We pray for leaders at National and state levels, please, oh God, help us to look to you. Help us to trust in your word. Help us to seek your wisdom and live in ways that reflect your love and your grace, your righteousness and your justice. We pray for your blessings on our president toward that end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. David. Thank you. Yeah.
0: My first observation is that this is something to rejoice over. Uh, Platt correctly uh, references 1 Timothy 2 in his letter, and uh, that says, verses 1 through 6, says this, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good. And it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. So two wonderful God-glorifying things happen in those few minutes. First, the President of the United States of America heard the gospel preached to him. Secondly, a church joined together in obeying the command of 1 Timothy 2, following in obedience and praying for our political leader. Now, if you don't think that the president needs to hear the gospel, I want to play another clip for you. This was from a 2015 interview with the then-candidate Trump, and he is asked whether he has ever asked God for forgiveness. Listen to this.
2: So we've got people lined up for questions. i just got one more, because you used the word Christian. Have you ever asked God for forgiveness? That's a tough question. I I don't think in terms of... I'm I'm a religious person. Shockingly, because people are so shocked when they find this out, Uh, I'm Protestant. I'm Presbyterian. And I go to church, and I love God, and I love my church. And Norman Vincent Peale, the great Norman Vincent Peale, was my pastor. The power of positive thinking. Everybody's heard of Norman Vincent Peale. He was so great. He would give a sermon. You never wanted to leave. Sometimes we have sermons, and every once in a while we think about leaving a little early, right, even though we're Christian. (laughs) Dr. Norman Vincent Peale Frank would give a a sermon. I'm telling you, I still remember his sermons. It was unbelievable. And what he would do is he'd bring real-life situations, modern-day situations, into the sermon. And you could listen to him all day long. When you left the church, you were disappointed that it was over. He was the greatest guy. And then, you know, he passed away. But he was a great. The P wrote the Power of Positive Thinking, which is but, a great book. But have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. I think I, if I if I do something wrong, I think I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into that picture, I don't. Now, when I take, you know, when we go in church and, and when I drink my little wine, which is about the only wine I drink, and have my little cracker, I guess that's a form of asking for forgiveness, and I do that as often as possible because I feel cleansed, okay? But, uh, you know, to me, that's important, I do that. But in terms of officially, I, sh- I see, I could say absolutely, and everybody, I don't think in terms of that. I, I think in terms of let's go on and let's make it right. So let's.
0: Any Orthodox Christian has to walk away from a conversation like that and confess that Donald Trump is not a Christian. He has not obeyed the most foundational gospel call in calling on Christ for forgiveness. He is an unbeliever and he needs to hear the gospel. He needs to trust in Christ. Believers in Christ rejoice when the gospel is proclaimed and we need to rejoice over this. Now, regarding the prayer itself, I want to remind us that Paul's injunction in First Timothy was written when Nero was the emperor. Nero was the one who would famously use Christians as living torches. He would impale them, put tar all over them, and then light them on fire in his garden. And I think that piece of historical information is important because if Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, could tell Christians under Nero to pray for him— How much more can we pray for our leaders who are not impaling us and putting tar on us and putting us in their gardens as torches? I bring this up because I'm aware that some people uh, found this prayer for the president, uh, in their words, triggering. I know that a lot of people were offended that David Platt did this. And the letter that I referenced earlier from Platt was itself actually an explanation to those who were offended as to why he decided to go ahead and and pray for the president. And he does write in his letter, this was a last minute thing, he had to make a decision uh, at the spur of the moment. But I just want to read you a little excerpt from his letter. He says this, quote, I wanted to share all of this with you in part because I know that some within our church— for a variety of valid reasons, he says, are hurt that I made this decision. This weighs heavy on my heart. I love every member of this church, and I only want to lead us with God's word in a way that transcends political party and position, heals the hurts of racial division and injustice, and honors every man and woman made in the image of God. So while I'm thankful that we had an opportunity to obey 1 Timothy 2 in a unique way today, I don't want to purposely ever do anything that undermines the unity we have in Christ end quote. Now some people are responding to Platt saying that he apologized for his prayer. I don't think this is a technical apology unless he said something somewhere else that I did not see. Uh, but it does come pretty close to an apology. He says that the hurt uh, was caused by valid reasons. He says he doesn't want to purposely undermine unity, uh, but I think this sentence probably needs a little more clarification. Is he meaning that he did undermine unity, but unintentionally? Um, is he saying that uh, obeying First Timothy two undermines the unity of the church? Uh, I'm not. I'm not totally sure what he's saying. Is is he saying that the fact that Trump was on the stage with him? was what was undermining unity or unintentionally undermining unity i'm not sure i don't want to read motives into this but i am a little bit maybe uneasy with his statement here just not knowing exactly what he means it it almost sounds like he's kind of apologizing ish for praying for the president, which which is interesting because First Timothy 2, as he's already said, does command us to do that. So I don't know what's going on here uh, in his statement, and I understand that he's shepherding his unique congregation, and yet he's also making a public statement here. Uh, I, I would say that if the president of the United States of America came to Crossview Church, which never will happen, by the way, <laughs> I would pray for him. Uh, that goes for whether he is a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent, or whatever you want to say. Our prayer ought to have truth in it, though, not not being a mealy-mouthed prayer or, or neutral in its approach. Um, it, it may step on the toes of that president, uh, depending on, on, on what's going on. And by the way, Platt's prayer was not a neutral prayer. I mean, it, it was— it was a model prayer. He asked God that Trump would trust in him and that Trump would know that God loved him by sending Christ to die for his sins. Now, I don't know whether Trump picked up on this or not, but anyone who's familiar with Christian vocabulary understands that Platt is asking for Trump's salvation when he says, please let let Donald Trump know that you loved him by sending Jesus to die for his sins, and then he follows it up with, and all of our sins. Um, but that's that's an appeal to God that he would understand the gospel and repent and trust in Christ, which is an implication that Platt knows that Trump is not a believer in Christ. What if God does answer this prayer and Trump does repent and trust in Christ, and we have a, a president who is a, a Christian president— would that not be a wonderful thing? Or should we not pray for unbelievers? Should we pray only for those who share our political convictions? I would suggest that in order to follow the biblical injunction in 1 Timothy, we need to pray for all of those who are in leadership over us, regardless of their policies. And we should pray as Platt did, namely, that God would save our leaders and that he would give them the grace to lead justly and in righteousness. His prayer is a model for how we ought to engage our leaders. And so let's rejoice that the gospel was presented and prayed over the leader of our nation. Let us pray that God would answer that prayer and see our president repent and trust Christ. And let this be a rebuke to our own prayerlessness for our governmental leaders. Let us pray for them. Let us pray for everyone. Let us pray as 1 Timothy 2 reminds us to pray. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.